All right, you are now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 157. We're going to talk about Jimmy Butler's Game 3 heroics, and the Lakers go up 3-1 in Game 4. They are one game away from winning the bubble championship. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, give me that intro music. Excuse me, I didn't mean to interrupt like Mount Vesuvius. I'm about due to erupt. Use it or I'm losing it. They say I need to loosen up. Tight, I'm well taught. I must do the max like us. I do have something to say. So you got to give it up. Give it up. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 157. Is it 157, Drew? It is 157. Okay, so my notes are correct. Over 100 days in the bubble. Two teams are left. Jimmy Butler breathed new life into the heat. Game three came out with an epic game, one of the best finals games we've seen. I mean, that game was absolutely insane. Triple-double, 40-11-13, and 14-for-20 shooting. Gave LeBron the business. It made it look like LeBron wasn't even playing in the game. What did you think of that, Drew? I think, you know, even going back to after game one in the last pod, I, I assumed Miami would get one game uh, because they're just kind of that team, right? And especially somebody like Jimmy, when, when he comes out and says he doesn't want to be swept, I, I – I think he means that, right? Like he was going to try and do everything in his power uh, to to get them over the hump. And I think uh, the other thing I was worried about is when you go up 2-0 and, it, and it, you know, as the, as the Lakers, and it seems like you got this thing locked up in the bag with two of their top three players injured, it's that mentality aspect where, you like, it, it was easy to see the Lakers just weren't necessarily as up for this game as as the Heat were. And clearly Jimmy, obviously, I mean, his performance is unbelievable. The thing that surprised me the most about his stat line in game three was that he didn't attempt a three-pointer. He didn't shoot or make a three-pointer in that whole game, still dropped 40. It looked like uh, to me, it looked to me like vintage MJ in the paint, uh, post-up game, fade away, getting everything right where he wanted it. Really, And, and that's a, it's a, I think it's a fair comparison. Everything he was doing was kind of MJ-like. Didn't take a shot. He normally doesn't take, you know what I mean? He looked just really good top to bottom. Yeah, I think the last guy that uh, that hit 40 without a three-point like field goal was DeMar DeRozan, if my memory serves. And it, it is. It's wow. like one of those old-school games where, you know, it was it was back in the 90s like where, or 80s where guys were just not shooting threes that often. Um, but, you know, the way in which he did it and all the different like array of shots that he hit, in that game and you know obviously in game four too he had a really good performance in game four um I was, it wasn't 40 but game four was a lot different <laughs> as far as you know tempo and as far as you know made shots and, and defensive intensity all that stuff so yeah that I mean there was a performance of the ages he outplayed LeBron I think that was the first time uh from what I'd seen that LeBron had been outplayed like that as far as like you know filling out the stat sheet uh, when LeBron was playing in the, in the playoffs or even the finals, I can't remember exactly when it was, but yeah, I mean, he had, he, he had to do every ounce of that in order to get them over the hump. And I do, I do think the Lakers took that loss in, in really good stride as, as they moved to game four, you could see everyone was up for, for game four. The intensity level was, was there right from the beginning. Um, you know, it wasn't game four was not a game that'll go down in history as one of the best finals we've ever seen. It really was more of a grinded out kind of a game. And I think that's 
what we're going to have to do. That's, uh, my guess is that that's what Miami wants to make every single one of these games moving forward because that's the only way that they can get any, any hope of, of actually you know, winning a game and not, not losing in game five and, and going home. I, I just think in game three, I mean, obviously uh, LeBron was frustrated. He had eight turnovers, seven came with Jimmy Butler guarding him, you know? So I think, and he was, obvi- LeBron knows when he's getting outplayed. And so walking off the court early, even though it's, I, I think they made way too big of a deal about it, but we need something to talk about. So, I mean, the game was over, they're in the bubble. He just bounced a little early and he was frustrated. And I knew that that was going to piss him off, of course, and AD getting in foul trouble. And that was pretty much the reason why I think Miami was able to come up in that game is AD on the bench. He only had 15 or something like that. But I, I knew that uh, LeBron and the Lakers were going to come back in game four. And game four is going to go down as the text game, Drew. That's what they're yeah. calling it. Game four, LeBron wakes up from his kingly nap and sends out a two-word message to his teammates, must win, you know, signaling the troops to let them know that, oh, shit, LeBron, we, we got to win tonight. We cannot have another performance like game three. Uh, and then it was a totally different Lakers squad, man. Uh, it, it was a good game. I wasn't expecting Jimmy. Jimmy's not – a back-to-back 40-point game kind of guy. You know, he's, he's really not. Um, he did have a good game, but was underwhelming when, when it was needed from him. Uh, I, I think the, the reserves for, for, that, for Miami didn't, didn't really show up. Bam was finally back, and he wasn't really Bamley, eight, eight points. Bam had 15. Crowder 15. Had eight. Sorry. Excuse me. And as a Laker fan, that's the game you wanted to see, right? So now you're 48 minutes away from winning – the Sheraton Ballroom Championship. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be our seventeenth. It'll be our seventeenth championship as an organization. So we're finally going to reach uh, a tie with Boston. I'm, I'm sure we're going to hear about that a lot from every Laker fan around. What was your take uh, from that game, Drew? Yeah, I uh, just to go back to the walking off the floor thing real quick. I that's not a. I, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, it's not like you know they walked off the floor in a. You know, in a loss in the series, right? Like in the same way that the Pistons did all those years ago. Uh, this was there was like there was like point seven seconds on the clock. I, I mean, it's just one of those things. Um, no, he started. Think- they started the dip at like seven seconds. <laughs> they did. LeBron was off the court with seven seconds to go. And look, I just think I just think it was very obvious that he was frustrated. Um, and you know, if there's one thing that LeBron is maybe not the best at. It's hiding that frustration or at least, you know, trying to contain it and not let it seep into the rest of the players. Right. That's something that like his body language. I was listening to Ryan Rosillo, uh, his podcast that came out last week, and he talked a little bit about LeBron's body language. And it's very obvious. You can tell when he's frustrated. Not only will he say it, but you can just see it when when. You know, this happened a lot in game four where there was these bad passes, just like really bad passes that the Lakers were making. And the Heat got so many deflections and, and steals for fast breaks. And one in particular was Kuzma just threw the ball right to Jimmy Butler. And then Jimmy gets, you know, a foul on the other end. And LeBron was just like, you know, pass, just pass the goddamn ball quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so I just think that the body language for LeBron is something that he should definitely try and improve on. But I don't think it's going to change at this point. Um, but going back to game four, this was, this was a really solid performance from Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. I mean, it's a guy that I've definitely ragged on in the past. Most Laker fans um, do. And Most. especially I remember – yeah, and I, just, I remember the beginning of the season, I was still – I was shocked and disappointed that he was still going to be on our roster and, you know, that he was 
going to be a key piece. And of course, when we miss Avery Bradley, who doesn't show up to the bubble, it's like, all right, KC, now you have to show us what you're doing, like what you're worth. Um, and he certainly hasn't done that in every game in the playoffs. Uh, he's been definitely very inconsistent. But in these last couple of games, he's been playing really well, shooting with the confidence that you want to see out of him. And he made very big shots for us. He had 15 points in this game. Um, and in that fourth quarter, he hit two really big shots as it was coming down to the wire. Uh, so I do want to shout out uh, his performance. But this was the grinded out kind of a game that, that I expected. I mean, there was some leads going back and forth, but you can't ever really count Miami out in any of these games because of their determination. Um, and because they have, you know, a really good system with, with excellent players and, you know, really solid three-point shooters. Um, so anyway, I just think, I think we, we have to be very comfortable going into game five. But I, I also hope that LeBron wakes up before that game and says must win again, because that's the mentality we have to take. We cannot let the store be opened anymore. If they come back and they, you know, get game two under their belt, it's, you know, it's a whole nother story. Uh, or get a second win under their belt, it's a whole nother story. So I hope uh, that that mentality continues for us and we don't relax in game five. We actually try to you know, close the season out, win a championship, um, and, and get back home and get the fuck out of that bubble after 100 days. <laughs> you know, game two and three, I think it was Danny Green and KCP combined. It was five for 27, if I'm not mistaken, is like 18%. And we've talked about KCP and Danny Green of, of being roller coaster players. Like there's, the, there's those games where – you know, they'll be one for nine and then, you know, then they'll get that 15 point and 11 point game that you needed from them. That's, that's really all you need is for those two to get those amount of buckets and you're probably going to win the game because you know what you're going to get from AD and from LeBron and LeBron came out and said that that last night's game was one of his best games of his career. He was putting that like top three for him and his numbers were crazy. I mean, 25, 13 and nine, which is very, you know, LeBron-ish, that's kind of what – but the way he played, I think he was really impressed by that. Uh, Caruso, another guy that had 10. Um, so, your, you know, your, your bench – it was 13 for KCP, or was it 15? It was 15 points. 15 and 10 for Caruso, and I think Danny Green got 11. KCP had 15, Danny Green had 10, mm-hmm. and Caruso had 7. God, I'm, I read the stats all wrong. I totally read the stats all wrong. It's all it, was, good. it was a long night last night. Yeah, I, but you're right, though. Like, that's what I've been calling for as far as, like, just one or two other guys being able to step up. And, you know, before this last game, it, it was Rondo pretty much every time. And then, uh, you know, a couple buckets here and there. In game three, we actually finally got some fucking great offense from Kuzma and from Morris. And we still weren't able to, to work that game out. But fuck, dude, they both had 19 points. And if that happens, you're like, oh, Lakers should definitely win. And it was just one of those games. Like I said, the, the, the level of, of competitive nature was, was lower for the Lakers to begin with. And I think they just were struggling to try and get back into that game. Uh, even though they, they took a lead late and all that stuff happened, it just, you know, Miami had more in the tank. And I do think, you know, as far as uh, Jimmy, Jimmy's concerned, he's getting so many foul calls. I mean, fuck, dude, he's getting to the line. He's forcing the issue. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's not easy when, when that guy's getting to the line 20 times to try and slow him down. There's des- definitely a discrepancy in foul shooting last night with the teams. I don't have the number in front of me. And if I had it, it'd probably be wrong because I would have read it wrong. <laughs> so can you pull that up? Because I know yeah. there was definitely a difference. Yeah, it was really weird because for – almost like the whole game, LeBron was the only Laker to take a free throw until like the fourth quarter. Uh, then Davis got to the line. So LeBron got uh, 12 free throws. He made 10, which is fantastic. Uh, Anthony Davis went four for four. 
And then Kuzma went one of two and Morris went three of three. And Morris's three was like way late. Like that, you know, that was, that was in the fourth. Like, so, you know, we only have five guys go to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Um, and in this one, you know, the, let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six. They had six guys from Miami go to the free throw line. Um, you know, so it's just one of those things where it, it wasn't like the refs were influencing the game that way. It's just, that's just kind of the way it worked out. Nobody was really driving to the basket with much force. I do think Caruso got hacked a couple times and, and he actually got a technical foul in game four for complaining to the refs, which is hilarious to me, right? It goes back to that whole superstar treatment, or if you're kind of a bottom rung guy, like the level at which you, the, the refs will tolerate your, your talking is hilarious because LeBron literally says the same shit like every time down the floor, mm-hmm. the whole time. And Caruso says the same exact words for the first time. He gets teed up and he actually was hit on his wrist really hard on that layup that he mm-hmm. got the technical foul uh, called afterwards. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but look, you know, when, when we do, when the Lakers get that kind of offensive support from our, from our bench players, we are an entirely different and much tougher team. Um, so I just, I'm hoping that that, you know, remains the case and that we can get one or two guys stepping up. And I think the nice part about the, the team that we have is it seems like we just have enough pieces to try and get somebody going to that 10, 15 point range. It's clearly not the same person every night. Well, they're easily, getting their shots. They're, they they right. just got to hit them. They're getting the open shots. I mean, yes. Morris is just like his brother. They just, if they're, if <laughs> they will jack, if they touch the rock, they are jacking. Yeah. Right. Yep. And that, and you kind of didn't want that. Did, he had 19 in that in that one game. In the- yeah, in game three, him and him and Kuzma both had 19 points. Right, and it was it was awesome. Like it they was- were, and he was just hit, he was knocking down threes. And he honestly, he and Kuzma kept us in that game when it wasn't you know LeBron or AD really really you know chug along in that third quarter. So it was it was great to see. But of course, it came a losing effort. So um, did you see the petition I- by Laker fans that Kuzma shouldn't get? Shouldn't yeah. get the championship ring. And they I, was got just, I was just about to mention that. And I think that that's so funny because, I mean, honestly, before that 19-point performance, you know, I had said it before. He was, you know, he was scoring. Like, you look at the box score. He's like, oh, he had eight points or he had, you know, nine points or seven points. Like, that's not that bad. It's, it, it, you have to watch the way he was playing and the way that he was just giving up defensive layups. Like, they were, they were doing the Michael Porter Jr. treatment on him where it was like whoever Kuzma's guarding – they're setting the pick on Jimmy, um, and he's just going to go right to the rack because Kuzma has no, no defensive skill, really, in, on that level. But, look, I, I think that's hilarious. Um, I do think that, you know, he had, a, he had a hell of a year, and it's not just the championship rings isn't just about the finals or the, the playoffs. It's about, the obviously, the whole year, and I think the guys put in a, a lot of work. Um, so I, I'm on the side of still giving him a ring. He gets uh, a ring. Laker fans are so more, weird. There's one. There's one more game left. So who knows what what his performance might do? And if he if he gives the Heat another win, then I'll take him off the goddamn list. Yeah, don't blow it, Kuzma. Don't right. blow it. It was interesting. The past uh, the past three games we've been doing these virtual um, watch parties with BasketballNews.com, right? And it's been really cool. I know you've missed you've missed all of them, but you need to get in to the next one. Because they're really interesting, you never get, you never know who's going to pop up. So it's been yeah. like Etan, Etan Thomas. Uh, we had uh, your boy Maurice Evans in there the other night. Um, Alex Kennedy, myself. Uh, we had the girls from the Dishes and Dimes, and people just keep popping in. And and game three, uh, Broussard popped in, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going at him, right? And so I kind of I kind of bring a lot of personality to the to the show. 
And I think the guys like that. And as soon as Broussard came in, I'm like, yo, I got some beef with you, Broussard. <laughs> this is so funny. And I said, I don't think I should bring it up in the, in the chat. And Etan Thomas is like, nah, you can't do that, Clips. What's the beef? What's the beef? And so I brought up about him, you know, 100% guaranteeing that, that uh, Kawhi was going to the Lakers. And so we got into this big conversation about that. I told, I told him I'm a huge fan of him, and I would love to have him on the show. But he popped in. And then last night it was um, – Katino Mobley, Etan Thomas, Alex Kennedy, Matt Babcock, uh, uh, Cody Topper from uh, – he used to coach Phoenix Suns, and now he's uh, Penny's assistant in Memphis. And so there's just a lot of great basketball talk, and I kind of like to stir the pot a little bit. And we were talking about big men and just how amazing AD is, right? Like AD is just – he's so good at that position. And so I brought up, like, if AD gets this chip, can we – talk about him being the best skilled man, big man to ever play because I, and I brought up Tim Duncan, of course, and I, I knew where everybody was going to go with that conversation because everybody bases everything on chips. And I, you know, I wanted to take the chips away, but he's so skilled and so good on both ends of the floor. Why can't that be a conversation? Yeah, I think that's, I, it's definitely a deserved conversation. Like if, if you're talking about skilled big men, um, I also think Kevin Durant needs to be in that conversation. You know, I think as weird as it might seem to most people, you forget the guy's 6'11", or whatever that, however tall he is. Um, and obviously, we categorize Durant as a guard or a forward a lot of the times. And Anthony Davis, virtually the same size, uh, is always regarded as a power forward or a center. But I do think, you know, as far as the, 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 the game of basketball is gone, we've seen all these skilled big men. I mean, Jokic, for instance, is another one that we just – both the, both the Clippers and Lakers just had to face. And that guy, I mean, I don't know if there's any more, even Anthony Davis, I don't know if there's any more skilled big men than Jokic in, in the world. Uh, but I do think Anthony Davis has to be brought up in that conversation. We're talking about uh, the best or the most offensively and defensively skilled big men. I, to me, I think he actually kind of reminds me a little bit. This is going to sound a little preposterous to you, I bet. But the dream, he reminds me a little bit of Hakeem because of his defensive uh, – you know, abilities and his offensive abilities. Now, he does it a lot differently on offense than Akeem does. And, you know, the game is not, no longer played in the post. But AD has the post. He has the mid-range. He hit an unbelievable three uh, in this series. And, of course, we know he hit the crazy game winner in, in the Western Conference Finals. So, you're right. I think, unfortunately for him, he was pigeonholed in, in uh, New Orleans with a team that wasn't always good enough to get him on that spotlight, on that level of being able to say, hey, I think I might, you know, deserve to be on the list of the greatest ever. Um, I think he's amazing. And, well, first of all, the reason I'm not – it's very difficult for me to join these conversations because I, I'm locked in on these games. I know, and I just – I can't – I cannot take my eyes off. Uh, last night I was nervous. I really was. I, I went in that game not knowing how the Lakers would come out. And then, fuck, dude, if, if we lose that game and it's 2-2, like that's a whole nother series. Bam is back. Dragic is already warming up and shit. I'm like, well, we can't, you know, this really have to, we have to win this game. So I just was not in a position to uh, take my it's, mind away. It's a from lot, bro. I'll tell you that. It's a lot. Yeah. Like you got to fight, you got to fight for the combo. You got to jump in there. I, I go, I'm, I hop in like in true clips fashion. 
You know I'm what I mean? I'm not surprised by that. Not yeah. the, right? But it's just fun. And like people popping in and out. We had like 10,000 streams on Periscope. So people were joining, asking questions. Yeah, it's great. And Eton's doing so awesome in social media wise. Um, he's great to have on the on the show and be part of the, our basketball news network, which is awesome. Um, but, but, but before we move off of that, Mm-hmm. In watching that game last night, it was clear, again, we, we said it before, it's, it's LeBron's finals MVP to lose at this point. And I don't think it's going to go anywhere else but to LeBron. But one thing that I, especially Anthony Davis's defensive performance last night with those block shots, I think they should do a defensive finals MVP or defensive finals player like that. Because we do, we do MVP for the regular season and we do defensive player of the year for the regular season. I think that would be awesome because – for instance, like the Iguodala Finals MVP should have gone to Steph Curry. But if there's the if there's award for the defensive player of the series, then that goes to Iggy. And then and then you can have that be that way. And I think, unfortunately for Davis, you know, as as good as he's played in this playoffs and in this series, I don't think he's going to be the MVP. But I do think he definitely would be the defensive player of the series. And I think that's an interesting award that the the NBA should really consider. I like that. And I've never even heard that in combo. And I think AD is going to be perfectly fine with LeBron winning MVP. I think AD just needs that ring, you know, to get, it's kind of, it's kind of like the KD syndrome, dude. Like you got to get that one chip to get everybody off your shoulders and just be like, okay, he got one. Now we can finally have the, that conversation, you know, and that's kind of what I was bringing up with the fellas last night and just got put to the side really, really quick. Uh, Were they all leaning on Shaq? As no, I w- it was more of the AD and Tim Duncan power forward position. It, That's it, what it, I was it. going for. And I just think AD's a more skilled big man as far as shooting three pointers. Tim Duncan never did that. And that led to the conversation of me asking Etan, like, because Etan's 10 years removed from this. And this is before big men like really started shooting threes. And like, I'm like, Etan, in practice, did you ever t- take threes? He's like, no, why would I take threes? You know, I play in the post. That's where I learned to play. That's where I'm supposed to play. But now that the game's changed, like, yeah, I would have to start shooting three-pointers. And the same thing went for Cat. Like, Cat averaged four threes a game. And I asked him, what would you average now? And he's like, shit, I'm jacking 12 at least a game. You know? Which was So it was just a really great conversation. And we're going to be doing more of those uh, even after the finals are over more of subject based like we like we did this past pandemic with like top point guards best in game dunkers stuff like that and just having a round table of of conversation with media people and podcasters and former pro players uh so it's going to be awesome and you have to join yeah i will i think once we get this championship under our belt i'll uh i'll, I'll be able to, to to jump on with some with some confidence and some flavor but i just like i said man I, this this Miami Heat team is is a little different, and I still don't feel comfortable. Three one. I mean, I feel like we're going to win a championship, mm-hmm. but you know, like I said, it would be fantastic for us to win it on Friday and get that shit done with. Because it, you know, once you open the door for this kind of a team, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Um, so that's the only reason. I and I think you can understand that if the if the Clippers were in the finals right now against the Heat, I think you would struggle to jump on uh, during the game. I definitely would. So it's just hard to catch everything. And then Jeff Crompton came over last night and he had to listen to me doing all this here while he was watching the game. And then I woke up this morning and saw he wrote something on my whiteboard that says Clippers blew a three, one lead. So F you Jeff Crompton. Okay. For that, for that jab. 
That's Before, hilarious. Well, the Warriors blew a three-one lead too. I mean, and I think I think yeah. I was very vocal about that. So I think he's getting me back for that. <laughs> I think um, something cool happened though. Our boy Bitter Westbrook came out that he 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 dropped an eight thousand dollar tip on the maids, which I thought was really really cool. And I'm sure he's not the only guy that did it. You had said that you heard Kawhi dropped a big uh, tip for them. I just thought that was a really cool gesture. Yeah, I you know I I definitely think that. Um, the maids and, and the staff and the nurses, um, you know, maybe excluding the one that broke protocol with Daniel House, all deserve, uh, you know, to be recognized because they were a very large part of this going right uh, was, was their conduct and, you know, them making sure that they were on top of stuff as far as COVID goes. And so I do think uh, that Westbrook and Kawhi, as, I meant, as, as you mentioned, I think there's going to be several guys that, that were feeling you know, a little bit of generosity for these people that, you know, really, they, they did a huge, they made, they, made, they made a huge part of this going right. So this is, yeah, it's good news. I, I love the fact that Westbrook did it and, uh, and that Kawhi, and, and I hope more stories about that uh, come out because they did deserve you, that stuff. They do. Did you see, I think it was Shaq on Kimmel, and Kimmel asked him how he would sneak a girl into the bubble if he could? Did you hear that? It was so funny, dude. Shaq's like, all right, this is what I would do. He's like, I'd find one of the maids and I'd pay her whatever she wanted for her maid outfit. Okay. Whatever cash. And he's like, then I'd go to the border of the bubble, whatever fence it is. And I cut the fence and I'd leave it for my girl outside. Right. And then have her sneak in, in the maid's outfit. Oh, that's uh, genius. What's Shaq's funny is he didn't even time to plan this. He, he did. It, it was literally like, he's already thought it through. He didn't even have to think about it. He's all, this is exactly what I would do. And I'm like, wow, that makes kind of sense. House should have listened to the dude. Um, that's pretty much all we have to, to discuss today. I mean, the Clippers still haven't found a coach. I guess we're interviewing Darvin Ham for whatever reason. I'm so over that. Uh, Ty Lue is, is interviewing for the Pelicans job. D'Antoni's still available. There was a rumor today that the Knicks are going to make a play for Oladipo and Paul George. And I just don't know. I mean, they have the cap. And there was also rumor that they might take on the Chris Paul contract, which would be a complete Knicks thing to do. Sorry to our boy at the diehard Knicks podcast. They all could be rumors at this point, but I don't, I don't think the Knicks have the assets that the Clippers would want to trade Paul George. Well, look, every off season and, you know, middle of the season, all we hear about are these rumors coming out of the Knicks. They're going to trade for this guy or they're going to get this guy in free agency. I mean, fuck the Kevin Durant saga last year. Uh, and it, none of it ever turns out to be true. Um, I, I do think that there's a real issue within the NBA about guys that, you know, are excited about playing in New York. It's not the same kind of excitement that they got in previous generations. And I think, Dolan has a very large part to do with that. Now, look, they, they, they're trying to, you know, recreate their own image and culture with, with Tibbs in there and, you know, the new front office and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised if this front office with their capabilities is able to pull something off, but they're not going to get Chris Paul, Paul George and Victor Oladipo. And they may not get any of them, honestly, the way that, you know, these, these players have decided to avoid New York um, you know, unless they're, unless they're kind of in, in need for some money or there's no other teams calling. It seems like those are the only reasons that players are going uh, to the Knicks. Um, so, look, I, I hope the Knicks get better. I, the NBA is better when the Knicks are better. So 
I, you know, I, I think Tibbs is obviously a good coach. We don't know what his system's going to look like. We, that's been an issue for him for the last couple of seasons is that those kids are going to be running boy. Yeah. His, the NBA has kind of moved past his, his version of play. So I'll be interested to see how he adapts and, and changes that a little bit, but yeah, I just, I, unfortunately for the Knicks, I think, I think their, their, their hope lies within this draft um, and maybe on, on somebody, you know, wanting to take that on and be the, the guy who brings the Knicks back. And I just don't see that being a, being a lot of guys at this, at this point. Speaking of the draft, we're going to have some really cool people on our show to discuss the draft, some really educated people that know what the hell they're talking about. Not that we don't, but it's, it's going to be fun. It'll give us some more stuff to talk about. Uh, check us out on basketballnews.com. Follow the page. Check, us, check the website out. I, I got one more thing to add. Uh, what, what, what you got, Drew? So I, I, the la- before we go, I know this is a quick pod, and I know you've already mentioned, um, I think it was in last week's, if LeBron wins finals MVP and wins a championship that you're going to, you're going to make your case for why he's the greatest player ever. Mm-hmm. There's just one thing that I wanted to bring up that we haven't talked about. And I don't see a lot of people talking about at this point. And it's something that we brought up with, very much with Kawhi this year and not with LeBron is the fact that LeBron's going to win another championship on his third franchise as the best player on the team. And everybody was talking about Kawhi doing that with the Clippers and that would, you know, that alone would make him on the same conversation in the same conversation with LeBron and Michael Jordan as perhaps the greatest player of all time. So not only is LeBron, you know, already have three rings, he's going to be adding a fourth with the new franchise doing all that stuff. And he's already kind of considered to be up there with Mike. I think that is something that has been not covered enough, not talked about enough. He's doing exactly what we were talking about. Kawhi doing and he's already done so much I you know I think there's something to be said about that specifically and you know how how difficult that is especially at the age of 35. A hundred percent Drew that's part of my whole point you know and I have more to say about that but that was also a conversation we had in the group last night with Katino Mobley with Etan Thomas Alex Kennedy and all these guys and we unanimous unanimously said that LeBron is the most hated basket. Nobody gets more criticism than LeBron. Like, no matter what he does, if it's four, well, he should – it's not six. If it's four, it's not five chips. Like, what else do you want from this guy? Seriously. And we, we honestly can't even find when LeBron was in his prime because the guy's putting up the same numbers he put up 10 years ago, you know? And that's got to account for something and being 35 and the miles that this guy has on his legs is just insane. So I think no matter what you do with LeBron, it's never going to be enough, but people need, you're right, Drew, people need to talk about that because I was going to be quick to say that Kawhi would have to be in that conversation if he wanted And LeBron's doing the exact same thing that Kawhi would have done, except back to back. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and I think, I think if Kawhi is in that position right now, right. If you just, if, if the, Clippers are in the finals. I, th- I just think that story would be like the headlines of every, you know, sports center, news conference, like all these things. And it's just not being brought up. And I'm just, I'm a little shocked at that. Um, but you're right. I think it's because of that bias against LeBron and, and all that stuff. I also think it, you know, definitely has something to do with the fact that he's lost so many finals, but it, that really shouldn't matter. Like what we're talking about is, is really you know incredible. So I don't know. I just, I just it's kind of blew me away. Like if Le- no, if LeBron went to if LeBron went to ten NBA Finals and never won one of them, then yeah, like you you can't even come close. It's like the Buffalo Bills, bro. Like you go to the Super Bowl three times and you four times and you can't get one of them. 
what the hell? Like you can't even, there's no conversation here. You're a bust, but you got to get to the show to, to win the show, dude. You know, like you're not going to catch a foul ball unless you bring a mitt to the game. So I got good bare hands. I got good bare hands, bro. You I do get have that, claws. You, you do have that, claws. that hand-eye coordination, man. I'll palm that shit. <laughs> hey, check us out on basketballnews.com. We're going to drop uh, after game five, which is when, Drew? Friday. Friday is game five. We've got a couple days off here. We're going to take them out with a little Tupac, man. Crazy. Tupac and the Outlaws. Classic song. Turn it up. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew. And we're ghosts. Last year was a hard but life goes on. Bumping my head against the wall, learning right from wrong. They say my ghetto instrumental, to detrimental to kids, as if they can't see the misery in which they live. Blame me for the outcome, paying my record, check it. Don't have to bump this, but please respect it. I took a minus, and now the hard times are behind us. Turned into a plus, now they stuck living blinded. Hennessy got me feeling bad, time to stop drinking, rolling. And my drop top jack, what's that guy's thinking? Sitting in my car, watch the stars and smoke. I came a long way, but still I got so far to go. Dear mama, don't worry, I'ma watch the snakes. Tell Setch that I love her, but it's hard today. I got the letter that she sent me, and I cried for weeks. This what came out when I tried to speak. All I heard was the time go by, puffing on lies. Hoping that it gets me high, God let go. Running up the hill, looking for a better way. My brothers and sisters, it's time to build. Cause even thug niggas pray. Open God, baby. I entered the game. Look how much I changed. I'm no longer innocent. Casualties of fame. Made a lot of money, seen a lot of places. And I swear I seen a peaceful smile on my mama's face. When I gave her the keys to her own house. This your land. Your only son never became a man. Watch the time fly. I love my people do or die, but I wonder why we scared to let each other fly. June 1, 6, 7, 1, the day mama pushed me out of womb, told me nigga get paid. No one can understand me. The black sheep, outcasted from my family. Now packing heat, I run the streets, a young runaway, live for the day. When you die, I can hear him say, come on. Time goes by, buffing no lie, hoping that it gets me high. Got a nigga going crazy. A strong prescription drug It's got me addicted to the pleasure and the pain it inflicted Something about the paper with the pictures of the president's head Damn, it's like a motherfucking plague that spread It's epidemic, forgotten, forgotten, it got worse I keep my head on straight, making money cause it's learning Making money makes a difference day by day So we gotta stay paid, no doubt, day in and day out This life is like a vicious cycle called fighting to live No matter how hard you try, see death, you gotta die a lot of mind Peers didn't make it to these years to come. Dear life, do them right, or dear life, leave them done. Who has the answers? I wonder. I turn to my elders, they aged and experienced, but they can't even tell you or tell me that they'll be right at the end of the road. Why? Cause they don't even know a million things run through my mind.
gotta be in jail that we do it Somewhere you gotta be in jail Remember this two times Time goes by Puffin' no lie Hoping that it gets me high Hope I got a nigga going crazy Crazy I feel crazy Crazy Time goes by Puffin' no lie Hoping that it gets me high Got a nigga going crazy